Hi, I'm Alexa. And I'm Isabel, and you're listening to the Alumni Insights Podcast. This is our series dedicated to helping community college students navigate the transfer process and receive valuable career insights from Irvine Valley College alumni. Today will be a continuation of Sunday's episode, but this time we'll be focusing on our own applications, personal insight questions, what we think made us stand out, and more. With that said, let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, So like I just said, this is a continuation of Sunday's episode, which I'm pretty sure surpassed two hours. Right, Alexa? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're chatty. We are. Yeah, and so we're continuing the conversation on a different day, just so that we wouldn't sit in a room for literally five hours in recording a podcast, but... (laughs) We today we have some more interesting. To- I like the second um, episode's topics a little bit better than the first part. This is more personal, so yeah. let's get started. Um, okay. Let's talk about our own applications, our personal insight questions, our um, credentials, everything. So, do you want to go ahead and get started? Sure. Uh, I'll kick us off. I'm actually opening them as we speak just to see (laughs) what I wrote about. Um, So yeah, just give me a minute and bear with me as I get a refresher. But I will just talk a little bit about um, kind of my experience, uh, the application itself. By the way, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about uh, kind of what my first impression of the application was, I actually wrote a blog post about this. So if you're interested... Yeah, you can just uh, hit me up. I will let you know how to access it. But I think the biggest thing with the application for the UCs that I really liked was the fact that, you know, you had this large comment section at the end where I could address a lot of things about my transcripts from Ukraine, right? We talked a little bit about it. It's a, it's a long story, but basically I didn't really want those grades affecting my admission. So I kind of had the space to explain that, and that was great. And also personal insight questions. I think all of us dread them a little bit, but ultimately, if you don't have the strongest GPA, this is where you can really make a difference. Now, I do want to note that not all UCs read your personal insight questions. And this is important because a lot of them, like UCI, they look just pretty much at your GPA. They might look a little bit at your extracurriculars, but they're not reading everybody's personal insight questions. This is an insight from the admissions officers themselves. Um, when it wow. comes to UCSB, I think it's pretty similar. Um, but if you really want to get into UCLA or UC Berkeley, that's a pretty large percentage of what they're looking at. So you want to make sure, you know, if you're applying, let's say, for business to UCLA, you're going to be applying with a bunch of people who have 4.0s, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way you can really stand out is through those personal insight questions. And I can tell you, I don't know, mine were a little bit rough around the edges. Also, fun fact, there's a spelling error in one of them. Oh, uh, no. It's and- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And I realized after I clicked submit at like, you know, 3 p.m. the day of because I really waited till the last minute. I think we all kind of do. Um, Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. When did you Um, submit yours? I probably submitted mine. Okay, so actually, when we applied, there was an extension. So Mm -hmm. on the on the first deadline, 
uh, I didn't have it done. I had it like halfway done. So I was kind of panicked. And then I got a notification from Twitter that that the deadline for the UC applications had been extended a couple days due to a technical difficulty. And that was my saving grace. But did I take advantage of that extra time? You bet I didn't. So (laughs) I (laughs) um, also waited last minute again. And but I managed to pull it together and write something meaningful. But I highly I I recommend to everyone who is about to apply, please start thinking about what to write ahead of time. Don't don't make it difficult on yourself like we did. Just you you know, brainstorm, outline, get some ideas a month before. And then it's so helpful to get for your personal insight questions. You you should reach out to your English professors or your um, academic counselors to revise your essay and that helps so much because they've seen plenty of these personal insight questions and they know how you can strategically appeal to the universities you're applying to and so mm-hmm. definitely send them to your professors or just anyone else to get um, a second look maybe they'll catch spelling errors Alexa or <laughs> Or, you know, they might they might see catch something that you didn't. So it's always helpful to get a second eye. And that's what helped me. I yeah. had my, my sister read mine, my first draft. And she was like, Isabel, this is this is subpar, to say the oh. least. She's like, you oh. can't be. I mean, there's some rules, I guess, about the personal insight question that everyone should follow. You know, don't really write sob stories uh, as transfer students, which mm-hmm. this is going to sound kind of weird. And and this is what stuck with me when I was writing my essays. I didn't want to write about the cliche topic of um, community college. Uh, do you know? Yeah. What I say? It's That's like, what I talked about. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. it's like. Um, oh my gosh, community college, extra time, financial um, information. Okay, that those are like the basics of community college. I guess the UC applications are the admissions board here that a lot from transfer students about, you know, the process of community college. Like, okay, we get it. You're in community college. So try <laughs> to give us something else. Um, okay, Alexa. But, you know, here's the thing. I trust Alexa. She can tell me a story literally about getting a bagel. And somehow make it interesting. Okay, but I, I think can make it lively. <laughs> keyword, yeah. <laughs> you can make it an advent adventure. Exactly. But, um, I think before we get we break down the PIQs, let I just want to run through like what the app the UC application looks like really quick. And we're gonna we're kind of stressing the UC application more um than I guess other schools because this is what we're most familiar with and this UC schools are just um popular target schools among yeah uh, college students so before before even that let me just tell you there's no point in us telling you about the CSUs because all you do is you just put in your grades that's literally all you do there's no essays there's no personal insight questions there's no comments section so it's literally all based on your GPA so Mm -hmm. if your GPA is really good and maybe you don't have that many extracurriculars CSUs are a great way to have a safety net because you know you're getting into those schools so 
that's that's all we can really say about CSUs. There's not much there to talk about. Yet. But I will say, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, that um, Cal Poly Slow and Pomona, or maybe Pomona, mm-hmm. Pomona, they became a lot more competitive this year. Oh, yeah. Was a shock, and that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because, um, you know, I guess Cal States are a little bit more attainable, but the fact that they're moving up in the ranks is a good sign for community college students. It means that, you know, even if you go to a Cal State, you're just going to have, or you're going to have just as great of an opportunity or an experience as going to a UC because they're becoming more academically rigorous. Definitely. Definitely. So for the UC application, for transfers, everything's the same except the personal insight questions. Obviously, you know, you have to do the basic things, submitting your um, your transcripts, your academic history, your own history. You have to select where you want to apply, uh, what AP scores. Um, you have to input any activities you have or awards that you have. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I got Dean's List a couple of semesters, which I guess counts as a, an award. I didn't, sure, I didn't talk about that. <laughs> this is probably going to be us. The nice thing about everyone listening is you're going to see us like pick the best of both worlds because each of us probably is lacking something in our applications. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have kind of our combined advice. So this is great. I didn't know about the Dean's List thing. Like, oh, I yeah. earned it, but I didn't know I had it at the time of the application. So when I updated it, I added that because one of my friends was like, did you put that you made the dean's list? I was like, did I make the dean's list? And apparently I did. I don't know why I don't know these things. Anyway, double check. You might have that if you're, you know, doing well in your classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can select uh, as transfer students if you're a part of any programs or scholarship programs. Like there's the educational opportunity program called EOP. Mm-hmm. You can indicate that. I don't think I did. But anyway, mm-hmm. then we get down to the good stuff, the personal insight questions. And the the main difference for transfer students is that we have a mandatory question we must answer. And that question is, or it's not- Can I just read it off or? Yeah, read it off. It's a prompt on a question. All right. So it just says, please describe how you've prepared for your intended major, including your readiness to succeed in your upper division courses once you enroll at the university. So essentially, why do you want to study what you're studying and what has led you to pursue this major? Right. And I think that this is a great question because uh, I think it's a given that when you're a community college student, you do, you're given the extra time to really focus on what you want to study, what you want to pursue as your career. And so that is what the UC admissions board wants to hear about. Like, how well did you plan for the future, given the extra time that you had? And so this is a great way to show off how you progress within your major and how you planned ahead. And um, I kind of remember what I wrote about. Do you want to, we should both tackle this right now since we both answered this. So yeah. What was your response to this? And Alexa and I have, I'm pretty sure we have the same major. Wait, mm-hmm. we're similar. Yeah. Biz admin, biz econ. Yeah. Yeah. Finance. Yeah. All, accounting, mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole shebang altogether. The whole thing, the umbrella term. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Um, and just before I read these off, uh, if you submit a tag, so if you have above, I think it's a 3.5, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can tag to certain campuses, except I think UCLA, UC Berkeley, and maybe UCSD. Um, but the rest of the campuses, you can do a transfer admissions guarantee. So just check with your counselors, see if you meet the GPA threshold. If you're on in the honors program too, most likely you'll be eligible. And the nice thing about it is you submit it in, I think, October. So when yeah. you go to actually do your UC application, you don't have to manually put your grades in a second time. You just have that and you can input it automatically through TAG. So right. it just kind of like puts your grades in there. You can move on to personal insight questions and everything. And yes. It's really good. And another thing is for your extracurriculars, don't discount how long it will take you. Don't just be like, oh, I need to spend all my time doing the personal insight questions and then, you know, get my extracurriculars written down in like two minutes. Because I took a little bit of time because this is the part where I didn't procrastinate because I didn't dread it. Right. So I took a couple of days to um, go through and think about all the kinds of extracurriculars that I had. High school doesn't matter as much unless it's something amazing. Like, let's say you participate in some really high-ranking competition, right? And you got, Mm -hmm. like, top spot. So unless it's something like that, really think back. Honestly, I've seen a lot of people even taking Coursera classes and putting them in under, like, supplemental education. So you can definitely do that. Um, So anything to show, you know, your interest in that major and a Coursera course is definitely uh, you know it's a certain broad like language classes so the problem is like at the speed of light can put it in and you're good to go anyway anyway. (laughs) okay so um for your uh first question of your application was there anything how to dive right into Because they also add
questions of what to like what's the perfect recipe for a successful business based off of their own experience so like you can get really creative with this but granted it might sound a little bit cheesy just because you are trying hard you're trying to get into the school but uh for me i went with the approach i was thinking what is creative what is something i could do and so i decided to make it into a love letter to accounting um because i think those two things don't really go together all that much um you know you hear about accountants just being like i hate my life but it's it's stable so that's nice so um because of that that's kind of what i went with so i did format it pretty much as a letter uh and this is kind of what i wrote about so Dear Accounting, you're the beating heart of the business world. You provide answers to complex problems and enable entrepreneurs to make educated decisions about the future of their enterprises. Your principles of objectivity, consistency, and transparency are key to ensuring fair practices, and you expect nothing less of CPAs. I still vividly remember the day we met in financial accounting class last spring. I was hesitant about the subject. Disliking it meant a dreary semester of journal entries, but enjoying it would run me the risk of being labeled heartless or boring. Well, it was love at first balance sheet. Ah, this line, I swear. Uh, your unique logic and approach to financial transactions felt natural to me right away. I began meeting with my professor to learn more about the applications of in-class concepts. I read about cost accounting as a pastime and created personal budget templates in Excel. Yearning to develop this interest beyond the confines of office hours and nighttime reading, I searched for clubs to find a community of entrepreneurially minded students. Business Leader Society allowed me to gain insight into a variety of business sectors and connect with industry professionals. One semester later, I'm actively recruiting speakers and moderating panels as meeting coordinator. Additionally, it has granted me the opportunity to lead workshops on spreadsheets, marketing, and graphic design. Delving deeper into what you have to offer, I find myself gravitating toward advisory services. I want to understand how businesses function from within and consult them on ways to streamline their operations. Just as I now share my knowledge of crucial workplace skills with students, I will help businesses achieve their goals and ultimately solve the world's most pressing problems. As I learn more about data analytics and finance, I will strengthen my advisory toolkit and advance to become a CPA. Ultimately, I want to thank you for being a challenging yet rewarding puzzle. Once all the pieces fit into their rightful places, a beautiful simplicity emerges as the scale of debits and credits comes to a perfect balance. We will keep in touch. So, yeah, I kind of made it into a letter. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. I and know. So, it's, it's and cute. I are, we're like really sappy, grossly romantic people. Yep. So, I think that's so fitting. <laughs> So I, yeah, that's kind of what I went with. Um, I tried to format it into something a little bit different, but still trying to incorporate, you know, how we met in financial accounting class and uh, my extracurriculars. And also in the last paragraph, you know, I incorporated like, here's what I need to learn to get to where I want to go, right? So here's how a business degree would fit in. Granted, I think I could have talked a little bit more about that, but that's just kind of what I, what I went with. But yeah, Isabel, what did you write for that one? Um, okay, so right, like I said, my first draft was so mundane, boring, and just it was vanilla. And then mm -hmm. in my second draft, I'm not gonna read through the whole thing just uh, for the sake of time, but like yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, no, 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 yours is beautiful. But what I how I tackled it was I um I kind of wrote about how I perceived uh the 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 field of finance and business 
and um, business economics and how I saw it as not just black and white as a lot of people see it as just balance sheets with numbers. It's Mm -hmm. very plain and then there's no character to it. But when I look at it, I see so many opportunities to be creative, to take different avenues, to analyze it with different lenses. And from then you can create so many stories. And I connected it to my love of data and uh, my love of being creative. So that's how wow. I tackled this um, this question. And I wanted to just show, well, I wanted to show how I prepared for, you know, the major and also how I'm going to go about it if I were to land a career in business administration or business economics. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, p- be a pioneer for creativity and create projects that are that pushed the envelope, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to incorporate a little bit of that um, characteristic of me in this question. And so that is what I attempted to do. Hopefully it came through. I'm looking back at it and I'm like, uh, sure, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that's how I answer the question. But again, so with the personal insight questions, you have to answer the question. You have to answer the prompt. That's like the number one thing they're looking for. But the second most important thing is make sure that it's tailored to fit you. As it, they, The school wants to know about who you are. What kind of student will you be on the campus? How will you impact their campus? So you want to incorporate some of your own personality into your essay or into your, yeah, your personal insight question answer. And, you know, not just answer the question. You add a little bit of seasoning in there. And well, that's how you get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, so then after that first mandatory question that all transfer students have to to answer, then they give you a selection of, I think, seven. Seven other questions that you can tackle. And they're all related to... um your your educational opportunities extracurriculars mm-hmm. how you are as a leader challenges you face they're, they're basically all an opportunity for you to show off and, mm-hmm. and and you better take it yeah take it um don't you know they want they're looking for lively ambitious interactive students who are gonna transform their campus somehow so really avoid the sob stories i they're very important but maybe if you can Format them in a way to be um, uplifting rather than piti- pitiful. Do mm-hmm. it, you know, because that's, yeah. And my sister who, she's at UCSB right now. And she went through this process and she was telling me. Um, and, oh, she also does uh, outreach at UCSB. So she talks about this a lot. And she's she says that a lot of the personal, personal insight questions either don't answer the prompt or there's nothing special about them. So mm-hmm. try to avoid those mistakes because, you know, you you do have something to show for. You you just have to dig deep and find it within you. Be creative. You know, that's why you shouldn't save it for last minute. You got to take, take a few days. Really ponder, like, how am I going to impact the school and then pour it out on paper? And, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how I would say you should go about your PIQs. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, I remember someone talking about it. there's like the triple D that you don't want to talk about and it's death, divorce and disease. Unless you know, 
how to spin it in a really positive light where you can talk about how it challenged you and improved you as a person. You really don't want to just say like, oh, you know, like this family member died. And then that's just the whole essay. It's just that, right? You ultimately want to talk about your takeaways, right? So if you choose a question like what's the greatest educational barrier that you faced or what's a large challenge that you faced, make sure that you really tie it to something else. And like, granted, I definitely had that issue at first so because I chose the most significant challenge question and at first I thought about talking you know the transferring from one educational system to another just from Ukraine to Germany to the U.S. and that could have been a cool essay but I felt like I could just address it in the additional comment section and be like yo please don't count those grades right so I didn't want to dedicate a whole personal insight question to basically just justify right what happened in my past Um, Because again, if there's something like, let's say your GPA slipped in one semester, unless there's like a really cool story that you could tell, maybe you were traveling or I don't know, self growth, something happened. um, Unless that's the case, just include it in the additional comment section because you have 500 words there. You're going to have no issue filling them up. It's longer than like a standard 350 word PIQ. So just include it there. Don't include it on your personal insight questions. Yeah. Um, And for me, I didn't. So when I I was contemplating if I should write anything in um, that additional question that they give you, you know, and or the optional one that they give you. And I, I didn't. I didn't submit any optional response. I talked to counselors and I was like, I mean, this is an opportunity for me to say something else. Like, why wouldn't I take it? They're like, well, usually, so with Alexa, right, you wanted to talk about your um, previous transcripts. Yeah. Things like that. I don't have a scenario like that. My, I just, you know, other than the fact that I'm a transfer student, there's really nothing that I need to explain. Everything's pretty self-explanatory. So the my counselors were saying that, if you decide to type in something there, they're going to like, like look and try to find what you're compensating for. And like, you don't mm-hmm. want that. You don't want them exactly. to try and find a mistake. So, you know, it, like the, the weight of your application or your essay questions are in the personal insight question responses. And so I didn't need, I, there was really nothing that I needed to account for in my, in the optional question. But if you do have, a particular case or scenario that you need that needs a little bit of explanation then go ahead and uh you know do the optional response yeah yeah or here's another tip if you have a portfolio or maybe some people link their resume which I think is mm, no they're not really gonna look at it (laughs) Uh, but if you have a website that you built so I created my website where I had my blog and also all my social media designs and I was really proud of it. So I just included it. So if you have something like a cool project, maybe a research paper that you can link to, that's a good place to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that really also shows initiative. It's like, there's no shame in that. Right. And if you create an essay, you never know, they might just take a look at it. And the nice thing about my website is I had my resume on there. So if they were really nosy, which usually they are, they can just look for it themselves. You know, (laughs) lovely. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I just want to mention maybe a couple more things. So there is usually the seventh question, which says, 
you know, is there anything that you haven't been able to showcase yet? Right. Um, here's your opportunity to do so. Basically, like if none of the other prompts suit you, just choose this one. Right. Oh, yeah. And I kind of have uh, my reservations about that question just from everything I've heard from counselors and officers. It's basically should be used as a last resort if none of the other categories fit. And usually one category will fit like leadership or creativity or challenge. Mm -hmm. Something will fit because the problem is if you choose that question. They ask, well, okay, what's so extraordinary that you couldn't write about it in one of the other categories? Or do you not have leadership experience? Do you not have creativity? Why are you choosing this other question instead, right? So if you're really in that position where you're like, I just don't know what to tie it to, just make sure it has to be something that just really doesn't fit. It's very unique and just doesn't fit those categories. If you can tie it to leadership, if you can tie it to creativity, try and do that because it just it looks a little bit better, you know, because because it shows that, OK, you have what they're looking for right, right. in those other questions. Um, so, yeah, yeah questions I would stray away from it. The personal insight questions, the, the prompts that they already have, mm-hmm. those that's the criteria that they're looking for. That's why they have those prompts. So you want to write, you know, that's why you typically want to try to address those prompts that are already there because mm-hmm. that's what they're that's you know they're looking for those things like right yeah. leadership exactly all that so yes um additionally a lot of i and this is a problem that i dealt with and an issue that i hear with so many applicants is that they don't know what to write about they don't have a lot of experiences um yeah, basically, they can't really find anything that stands out that they've done in the past, what is it, year and a half that they have at community college, you know, like nothing mm-hmm. happened in that time. And so they don't know what to write about. And I have this writer's block, too, where when I started writing my personal insight questions, I looked back at my community college experience and I was like, what do I have to write about? That was a very short period of time. And that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't think that much has happened. It goes by really quick. And so I'm going to talk about one of my responses um, because I I didn't have a particular event or experience that um, happened in community college that I, that I thought I could write about. So I wrote about a fear of mine and it, mm-hmm. it's uh, the prompt was describe how you have taken advantage of a significant educational opportunity or work to overcome an educational barrier you have faced. And I talked about my uh, fear of judgment. My opening line is one of my greatest fears is a fear of judgment. And it has triumphed over, it has triumphed in significant moments of my life. And from Mm -hmm. then, I talked about that. um, And how in some, I noticed this fear in some of my classes in community college and how I worked really hard to overcome that fear to allow me to be a motivational and inspirational student among my peers, which is the end goal. And so it's something simple like that. You think of experience, like smaller experiences that affect you every day. Like when I would walk into class, I would be scared to participate. But when you go to a higher um, level education, you have to be one of those really uh, uh, initiative taken students where you're participating and you're changing Mm -hmm. campus in some way. And 
So I wanted to show that I became that student that takes initiative in classes. And I talked, so that a lot, I used the avenue of talking about my fear and how I overcame it. And it's, it's things like this that where you really have to reflect upon yourself. And, you know, the moments that you write about don't have to be big events or big uh, organizations or opportunities that happens in your experience. It could just be something that's really personal and really small. Yeah. And especially it should be don't try and tackle something large scale to where you're not going to be able to go in detail too much. Right. So. One of the reasons why I didn't talk about my transferring, because I knew you can't explain that in 350 words and make it a compelling story. There's just not enough space for it. So if there's something that maybe has gone on for, let's say, several years, you just don't know what what possibly you could write about, maybe just write about an isolated incident. Maybe you went to, let's say, a debate competition, right? Think about, like, what was the apex of that experience? So, like, let's say you did debate in high school and finally you made it to the final round of the debate competition and, let's say, maybe you didn't do so well. Write about what you learned from that specific event and the experience leading up to it instead of saying, I did debate for this long. Look at that, you know? So that's huge. And you can really, you know, you can talk about how exactly you felt, kind of like the even like the physical effects of just sweating on stage, right? And you could make that really compelling. But try and stick to an event or like, again, something more isolated. Yeah. And make sure it's personal. You have 350, is it characters or words? Words. Oh, thank God, no characters. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. You only have 350 words. And you want to spend uh, like 98% of those words talking about yourself. Put in those personal pronouns. Talk about you. Don't talk about your campus or mom or dad or your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters or this organization here that does all these great things. You need to talk about yourself because you, you are on the application, not, not somebody else. So make sure that it's geared around you. It shows some kind of transformation epiphany insight or it your words display how you're going to affect the campus in a positive light and that's kind of the tried and true formula of course you have to put your own spin on it there's I mean there really is no formula I take that back because everyone (laughs) is different like there is not um there there isn't a list of things that if you include it in your personal insight questions that it's gonna you know stand out what makes it stand out is your personal spin and your lens so um that's why (laughs) bottom line don't procrastinate because you can't think of all this in um 24 hours or less I don't know how I I mean that's kind of my challenge (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm hearing (laughs) yep and like I said just make sure someone else reads it because you don't want to be using the incorrect form of there. That's embarrassing. I, I almost submitted one. Okay. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. My sister who read my essay, she was like, are you kidding me? Like, go back to first grade. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was 1158. Like, I don't. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, you had that extra time. But, you know, you never know what it could be like. So you really want to make sure you're not relying on the on the portal to crash, right? Yeah. And you have a little bit more time to to do that. But exactly. I think 
Also, for that question about what prepared you for business, it can even be helpful to get your business professors to read it. You know, um, mm-hmm. it really okay. depends on the kind of time you have. I would also say, if you know the director of the honors program, she's also an English professor, mm-hmm. ask her to read. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know her, but, you know, definitely you can you can Google this, right? IVC honors program director. She's yeah. a really great resource. Um, other than that, if you don't have time, I did not have time to have my professors read it. So another good tip is reach out to your friends who transfer to the school you want to go to. So if it's UCLA, right, find some UCLA friends. Or if, let's say, you know that you want to be applying to UCLA, reach out to them in October, November, before you're either before you're writing your essays or while you're writing them, just so that they can later review them. That's what I had. Yeah. I would avoid going to or like getting peer edits from applicants that are applying at the same time as you just mm-hmm. because you don't want them you, you just you don't want to be influenced by their ideas and you don't want you know it, it's always a little bit skeptical because you want to use all of your skills to your own advantage and not help anyone else out this is right. a time where you need to be selfish but what I did um I'm basically saying I'm a hypocrite is I set mine to one of my friends, but he's a, he's a completely different major. And it was only the first question about, cause I was writing about business and he was writing about like political science. So mm-hmm. that's why I felt comfortable sending it to him. But you really don't want to do that. You just go to the professionals is what I'm going to say. Just play it safe. Don't give anyone your stories until you submit. Then you can mm-hmm. write stories. Yeah. And maybe don't have your parents read it. Your parents are going to be biased and they're going to be like, I love this every single time. Yeah. Um, It depends on the parents you have. But, you know, my dad just gave me a thumbs up and like, this looks good. And then I went in and I noticed spelling errors, things that didn't sound right. You know, granted, English is not his first language, too. So that doesn't help. Um, But (laughs) reach out to siblings if they're proficient in English. Right. Reach out to friends. Definitely. Reaching out to my sister was helpful because she's like, I mean, we're harsh on each other in general. And so she says it how it is. She basically said, this is trash. You're not getting in anywhere unless you change it. And so, you know, you kind of need that sometimes. And definitely go go to someone that <laughs> that'll be harsh on you. That and um Good luck on your personal insight questions. If you need, like we said, there's so many people you can reach out to, um, you know, to get a second look. But yeah, I think that covers it. Do you want to maybe give like a brief rundown of the topics you talked about other than the business one? Okay. The other one was fear of judgment, right? Just so people have a general idea. Um, what have you done to make your school or community a better place? Okay, what did I write about here? Sorry, I'm skimming through it. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, um, well, while at community college, I realized, so after my first year, my first year, I really didn't have any clue what the heck I was doing. I was just basing everything off of what my counselors were telling me to do. I highly advise against that. Do not just listen to counselors. You, you need input from your peers. And right. transfer students, IVC alum, other connections. 
And I didn't know all of that. And I didn't know all of my resources. And I was, I felt like I was, I missed out on a bunch of things in my first year just because I didn't have that exposure. And so that's when I realized that I want, I really want to be involved in outreach. I want to help the first year students in community college maximize the opportunities that they have. Because even though you're at community college, you have amazing resources. And that's what I wrote about in this essay. I wrote about how after my first year of community college, I became really passionate about outreach and um, helping high school students figure out their plan for community college, advocating for community college, and making sure that first years know a plan and know how to um, connect with other people. And so that's essentially what I wrote about. I wrote about that passion of mine. And I got involved in the honors program and peer mentorship. I got involved in clubs that I knew would allow me to help out younger people. And so that was my answer to that question. Um, That's great. I like that a lot. (laughs) And I mean, I'm looking in between the lines. Um, Hmm. Yeah, that one wasn't much of a story. I was more like kind of sound a little arrogant. That's okay. You can sound a little a little like you're bragging about your, your Oh, this is the place to brag. Yeah. Yeah, brag all you want. So, uh that's what I did. My last my last prompt I answered was what would you say is your greatest talent or skill? How have you developed and demonstrated that talent over time? Okay. I think I kind of remember what I wrote about here, but I'm alarmed because my first sentence is between me and my three siblings, I'm the troublemaker. I don't know why that's my first sentence, but... <laughs> Ways to make a first impression, you know. <laughs> I have to say that's memorable. Yeah, it's very memorable. Make, make a good first hug. Be like, mm-hmm. you know, I just hit a deer this morning. Just kidding. Not like that. But, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> have, have something uh, hooking. This is where your high school writing skills will come into play make a really compelling hook and yep have the the missions board react like what 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 did she just say a troublemaker <laughs> this she is who ran we over want. a deer <laughs> or <laughs> something like that so um yeah and then okay that's my I- grad school prompt that's my hook for the grad school prompt i'm just i ran over a deer <laughs> that's it end of story yeah I remember one of my in high school one of my friends wrote about how she failed her license test eight times Uh, oh my gosh she wrote I failed my license test for the eighth time this morning but she got into UCLA so you know oh you can make you can make a great story out of virtually anything as long as it's not against the law then you're fine (laughs) yep (laughs) <laughs> That's a great one. I really like that. Ooh, yeah. Okay. What about you? What are some of your standout topics? Because those are those are mine. Okay. So the mm-hmm. one about me being a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it led to me getting my phone taken away in high school. And that's that's a really rough time to have your phone taken away. You know, you need oh, yeah. to be connected to social mm-hmm. media when you're in high school. I mean, it's rough. come on. Yeah. So I was dying to say the least. <laughs> without my phone and without my phone I didn't have um uh 
any means of communication. I had to actually talk to people to their face. Yeah. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I literally after school, I had to go up to strangers. I mean, I mean, there were students, but they were mm-hmm. strangers that I never met. I, I had never seen them before. And I would build a connection with them because my main goal was to ask to borrow their phone. But I can't just walk up to someone and be like, hey, can I use your phone? That's kind of rude. You know, you need to right, at least right. be friendly. So I would go and be like, hi, I see you have a soccer jersey on. Did you have a game today? You know, you got to network. This is where I wow. talk. <laughs> but then over some time, like after a few weeks, I, I realized like I actually enjoy meeting these people, learning about their experiences, figuring out their backstory. That's so important to do today, you know, to, and we're so immersed in our cell phones that, you know, we forget that there's uh, other people in our lives and that, that actually they have they have their own lives going on. And, and it's important for us to connect and bond in that way. So this is where I talk about how I learned to build compassion for people and learn about their stories and, you know, take care of my community by just simply having a conversation. So that is what I wrote about in this thing, this topic. And as you can tell, I didn't really write about big grand events in my life. I kind of just look I, I reflected upon myself. I pulled I recognized some of the qualities that I think give me strength. And then I find moments where that I, I was able to use that strength or apply that strength to some real life situation. Cause mm-hmm. and you just make make yourself sound personable. That's like the bottom line here. Be someone that other people want to go to school with and other exactly. people want to teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that other people see something like a spark in, right? Something unique. So that's why, again, you can't really write about something that everyone else is writing about if it really doesn't pertain to you because it's not going to be a good representation of you. You're not going to be able to describe it in a really vivid way. I'm sure your story about like take, having your cell phone taken away and then having to pretty much network in high school and do that, you know, that's, <laughs> I know. I don't think any, like, this is your own story, right? And that's really important. Um, my whole junior year. Oh, my gosh. I, I was off the grid. Wow. Okay. I know, guys. Okay, this sounds like I'm an awful child. <gasps> I A swear not. It's just, okay, I didn't just get, I probably got my phone back, right? Mm-hmm. But then. You know, you get in those petty arguments with your siblings, then you just get in trouble again. So, you know, I had my phone for like short periods of time, but it was very short. I got it taken away again. And then here's the kicker. I finally got my phone back for a while and I drop it. So, oh, no, I don't know what my problem is. Just I guess that was the universe telling me this is your year to build compassion. Get off your phone. Like, and I was like, okay, I just ran with it. Wow. Okay, that's that's pretty crazy to me. <laughs> I want to know about your other personal insight questions. Okay. Um, let me take a look real quick. So, another one that I wrote about and I was kind of struggling between whether to fit this into the how are you helping your community or leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I went with leadership just because I feel like I don't know. I thought it was a I I just I could talk about it a little bit, but honestly, this essay, you could just copy and paste into the, you know, how are you helping your community? And 
this was right when I started College Leap. At this point, it was still for international students mostly, right, that we were trying to target. Um, and we were trying to ease the transition for international students who were at community college. And so I started mine with just saying, where are you from? As a Canadian, Ukrainian, American, with like my fair share of expeditions to Germany and Spain and everywhere, I actually struggled with this question quite a bit, right? And basically, I talked about how I did yo-yo through different educational systems. Um, and ultimately, it really took me a while until I kind of embraced my cultural ambiguity. And then after that, I talked about how now I'm trying to bridge that knowledge gap, right, between international students who have similar backgrounds like I do and right. uh, community college, right, and universities ultimately. And so th through College Leap and through reaching out to UC Berkeley, which I explicitly mentioned in my essay, which was kind of a ballsy move considering this was going to be sent to all of the UCs. <laughs> so I don't know if you, you necessarily want to do this. Yeah, but I had a connection <laughs> and I was like, let's let's throw in UC Berkeley into there. Um, and, you know, I talked a little bit about assembling a team and kind of what we do and what I've gotten out of it. So that one was pretty predictable considering I think most of you know I kind of live and breathe College Leap at this point. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was one I think I really needed to talk about it because I just had so much passion pent up for it. So sometimes a topic is going to be very obvious and sometimes it's really not. So uh, another one was your creativity, right? So now it's like, I could talk about something. I mean, everybody, guys, everybody writes about piano um, and sometimes like cooking, question mark. And cooking, not so much, but I feel like drawing and piano is kind of obvious, right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't really want to, I haven't taken piano lessons, thank goodness I don't have to, you know, um, kind of rack my brain. But for me, I became vegan at 14 and I had to do a lot of readjusting. I had to get creative with what I put on my plate, you know, the ingredients I use. But again, I thought, okay, veganism is still... I mean, there's, it's UC Berkeley. There's a lot of vegans up in NorCal, right? Oh, yeah. um, so I thought, okay, let me think of how I can spin this in a different way, which you'll see with my last essay, I kind of tried to do as well, because I actually did choose one of those triple Ds that we talked about. Um, and so I, I needed to, to find a way to spin it. But for this one, I really talked about... Uh, my boyfriend and I moving out and he, him not being vegan whatsoever, right? So he like loves mac and cheese and you know, that's kind of his go-to. Um, I know, right? So I thought, okay, I can talk about my passion for animal welfare through the lens of moving out with somebody and having to accommodate for them as well and getting creative, not just with catering to myself, but also catering to another person. Um, so- right. Like, in the very beginning, I just said, like, personal freedom lies at the core of societal values. But part of it tends to be sacrificed when living together with a partner. Um, one oh, yeah. such concession occurs at the dinner table, whether it be while huddling by an empty fridge or debating the contents of an overflowing shopping cart. It is crucial for both parties to establish their culinary norms and taboos. And then I dive into, you know going vegan and I actually isolated a specific incident of where I was trying he didn't really like care for my avocado toast and like all my vegan things right How so I talked you? about like recreating an American burger with fries oh, vegan yeah. style 
So, yeah. And ultimately, I include the fact that he kind of brushed off the crumbs and reluctantly replied, well played. So well, this one was that. really fun. <laughs> I love know? And you, it shows how you would work together with students in the future or your peers and how yeah. you go around challenges. It, it, this is a, it was very, you know, you could have used this anecdote if someone were to interview you um, on your behaviors as, you know, in a, uh, either an employee or, you know, in this case, a student. And like this story, this very, you know, it's a personal <laughs> and um, lighthearted story. It, it shows how you behave in, in, the, in light of challenges and how you um, kind of troubleshoot those issues with when you come across when working with teams sometimes. You know, obviously, like Alexa wasn't talking about how, you know, they're not going to, what the admissions board can gauge from this is not that, okay, Alexa, you know, managed to fix her little debacle with her boyfriend. That's not what they take away from this. What they take away is the behavioral aspect about Alexa, which, you know, again, Mm -hmm. it's very creative. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I kind of I didn't even think about like, oh, this could, you know, also be an example of almost kind of like teamwork in a way, right, where I'm trying to or adaptability, but it does show flexibility in a way. So and honestly, if you can find a prompt where you're just excited to write, I was really excited about this one. It was very lighthearted. It almost it felt a little bit like creative writing because I just got so I, I really just wanted to find like really punchy language to use in it so it was Mm -hmm. fun um so if you can enjoy your essays have people proofread them but like if you really are happy with something don't go to like 30 people because it will end up not being yours by the end and like for me for example if the one where I talk about me being a troublemaker and getting my phone taken away because of that see if I showed that to my parents and had them edit (laughs) it I would have been like don't add this this is yeah. awful. Like you gave me such a hard time, but then I wouldn't have had this really like random story. So, you know, you got to just stay true. What a good method is. I mean, if you're a talkative person like Alexa and I <laughs> are, um, you should just read these prompts and have a conversation about it with someone and whatever comes out naturally, whenever you can talk about the most and add the most detail and girth into that is mm-hmm. what you should write about definitely so, you know definitely. chat it out if you're in a writer's block just pick up the phone or hop on a zoom or if you're vaccinated go <laughs> hang out with someone yeah. and just instead of talking about regular things talk about the personal insight questions honestly i mean i what i did was i recorded voice memos uh Ooh. so I was having a lot of trouble with writing specifically because, you know, once it's crunch time and you're really stressing out, I think I was just talking to my boyfriend all the time and to my dad and I'm, and I'm just trying to brainstorm and things were coming out okay when I was talking through them. Yeah. I was just putting them on paper that I was like, oh, the sense looks horrible. I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. So what I did was I just picked up my phone you know, found the voice memos app and just recorded what I would have responded with to that question. And then I would just play it back in my headphones, write out some key words, and then just paste it all together, just writing it through. And it was way easier that way. Um, I love that. That's yeah. So, 
So yeah, there are so many different ways to tackle the personal insight questions. And the reason that we spoke about it so much is because this is your opportunity to prove with your own words to the admissions board why you deserve to go to that school. Mm-hmm. So really make a compelling argument. We gave you a lot of tips and tricks. So, you know, don't be afraid to try it out. And please, 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 please do not wait last minute. Do not. Uh, even to but if you do, if you do, because <sighs> there's going to be people who are listening to this and you will. Like, I know. We you, know you will. you will. I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Whoever is listening right now, I know you're going to procrastinate. I can feel it. So when yeah. you do, go ahead, Alexa. <laughs> So when you do, first of all, don't panic because you're in the same boat as everybody else. Even the people who start out early, they're still proofreading and checking closer to the date because it's just there's a little bit of adrenaline there. Makes you perform better. Sometimes, you know, I can't speak for Uh, everyone. But in my case, I procrastinated just because like I didn't want to write about it. I was like, I don't want to think this hard. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt the same way. I'm like, I have nothing insightful to to tell you. You know, I don't have anything. <laughs> so I was just like, it will come to me, yeah. you know, and it yeah. really didn't until I actually buckled down. And I think I buckled down like three, three to four days before. And I was like, oh. okay, oh yeah, my. yeah. Um, and so again, as I told you, I actually registered for a writing conference class. If anyone's at, for those at IVC, WR375 is a specific class where you can get application assistance. But let me tell you how this backfired on me. Back in like December, no, not December, like October, I was like, oh, let's sign up for this class. I'm going to get a bunch of assistance. I'm going to get my essays polished. I know where you're going mm-hmm. with this. You've mm-hmm. never told me this story, but I already know how it's going to end. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, three to four days before, you know, this rolled around, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, it was already, I think it was the weekend. I was like, I don't have time to wait for a consultation because writing center is only open during the weekdays. Um, so I ended up just relying on my friends. I had my dad, my mom, at least kind of look over it to be like, she didn't use writing three, seven, five. Yeah, and you know how this- what happened, Alexa? <laughs> okay, so then once uh, the end of the semester rolled around <laughs> in December, I realized I was supposed to do two conferences, like Zoom conferences, as part of the requirements to oh. pass the class. Oh and, my God. And I was like, I don't need these. My applications are submitted. I don't have anything to say. So, yeah, I got an, an NP in that class. So that was no cute. pass, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. And- <laughs> but, but it's not transferable. So it really doesn't matter, y'all. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, was, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh, my essays suck. I, I'm getting an NP. You know, I mean, I don't <sighs> think they – by the end of it, I felt, I felt pretty good about them. I don't know. I, again, I didn't really have that many people who commented on them like let's say too many professors right it was mainly friends who got in at those universities I wanted to go to and my boyfriend that's pretty much who I consulted so the reason that I know that story so well is because guess what the exact same thing happened to me see this is why Alexa and I are really close friends because (laughs) we're like the same amount of uh dumb on on some (laughs) level so 
yeah, I enrolled in Writing 375 because I was like, <laughs> I, you know, maybe, maybe I will need this extra help. But oh, yeah, in my I mind, I was that. like, this is just a tool. Like, this is it. Right. This is right. in it's my toolbox. Tool I don't, yeah, like, I'll use it if I need it. I'll, I'm going to enroll just in case. Guys, if you're going to enroll in Writing 375, go to two conferences. Don't be stupid. Like, you know, I didn't read the syllabus. I didn't pay attention to that class. I was just like, it's there if I need it. But it's actually a class. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. There's Don't requirements. Me. There's 12 hours, which I tried to do on the last couple of days. I didn't I even don't know do- about you. No, I didn't even know that. I didn't know. I didn't even click on the thing in my canvas once. <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't make that mistake, everyone. Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey, it doesn't really impact your admissions because it does not transfer to UCs or CSU, so yeah. they straight up don't put that into your GPA. So but don't worry about it. Save yourself the panic because I was like, oh, my God, I didn't yeah. pass the class. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And it's like r- this ridiculous class. Anyway, it's not ridiculous, but I mean. It's helpful, <laughs> for, it's helpful for a lot of people, I'm sure, if you actually take advantage of it. But just keep in mind, even if you not like you don't pass it, if you know pass it I don't speak English so if you don't pass it just don't worry about it it's not going to affect your admission at all but it will probably freak you out in the moment like it did with us Um, and now I'm actually taking it again to pass it just to prove it to myself that I can pass the class really okay I love that that's 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 what I'm doing um and it's again I've done zero of my conferences so it'll be fun um so far yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. um, let's. I think that concludes our PIQ mm-hmm. segment. Our next topic is our own application. Okay. Um, I mean, let me just mention this real quick beforehand. So, the last topic that I wrote about was one of those like disease, death. You know, um, what's the yes? Last one? You know that. It was that. And so I didn't I didn't know what else to write about. I kind of had this like it was I mean, we talked about this. I had a moment while I was watching Queen's Gambit oh my gosh, for yes. some reason. And we started thinking about my grandma, who was really, really close to me. And I knew I knew that it's banal to write about, you know, the death of a grandparents. Like, yeah, people do that. Um, and so I need a way to really, really not spin it, but try and make it my own. So instead and I'll read to you just the first, like, two sentences of it, and you'll be like, wait, this is not really about um, your grandma's death. So, early rise at 7 a.m., breakfast at 7.30, and a morning walk at 8. After school, it was painting class at 3 p.m., homework and test prep at 4.30, and reading time before dinner. My grandmother's daily regimen added structure to my childhood days, encouraging me to pursue my personal passions and stay proactive with academic endeavors. She provided much-needed stability and comfort, instilling the value of self-organization early on in my life. So here, I'm not even talking about her death at all, right? I'm talking about the fact that she was really a force of stability in my life, and she was the one who made me get up at 7 a.m. and just have that regimen and have a really balanced life. So then I talk about her passing away and the fact that all that stability and everything kind of went up in the air. Um, I was struggling to meet deadlines. I really wasn't balancing my time or allocating it correctly. So then I actually talk about the fact that I purchased a daily planner, an array of sticky notes. You know, I was trying to like 
it, it happened in middle school. So I talked about how I was like finals were coming up and I was just struggling. So I kind of buckled down, bought all of these things and reestablished a routine for myself. And basically I said, you know, though I can't like embrace her again or hear her voice over phone calls, she still lives on through an through those little ways in which I still retain the remnants of her wisdom by creating that structure for myself. So if you can do that in your essay and you can talk about, instead of saying my grandparent passed away, talk about what they added to your life and how you've reestablished it on your own. That's one way you could do it. But try, if you, if you can't do that, then I would say that's a risky topic to choose just because a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. And that's a, I, I love that essay that you told me about and how, I mean, it came about or it came to you from what, finishing up Queen's Gambit. Highly recommend it anyway. But Great show. Yeah. Anyway. Like, if you need PIQ inspiration, you should watch, watch Queen's Gambit Netflix. instead of writing your – no, don't do that. But mm-hmm. – No, but <laughs> I never know. If, if you do have a topic um, – that maybe you're like, I don't know if this is cliche or not, or I don't know if this is a sob story, or I don't know if I can spin this story into something else. Um, always get a second opinion. So mm-hmm. Alexa had confidence that she could spin it, right? And yeah. so that's why she employed it in her application. But if you're unsure, if you're on the edge about it, go to a writing professor or anyone else and get their opinion. And yeah. yeah. So always just go with your gut and make it personal. Yeah, as it goes in the title, personal insight question. Yeah. Okay. All right, supplemental app. Oh, should we say our GPAs? When I I set my app, my UC apps or my applications with a three nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have should open up my application, but but that's not even. You have to look at the average GPAs for where you're applying because I wasn't even competitive, really, with a three nine at the time so yeah you kind of you definitely check the average gpas still apply because your gpa it is what it is right and Uh like if you if your gpa isn't where you want it to be then you really need to buckle down on your personal insight questions so yeah yeah what about you uh mine was three point I think nine two at the time of applying and now it's three point nine four. I don't know. I took one class where I got a B because I that's when I I met my boyfriend and I decided to skip the final. Haha. <laughs> um so but hey, again, it was it was one class. It was really worth it. Fine. It was worth it. It really was. Going on on two years, we're good. It worked yeah. out. But maybe don't do that with every class. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and definitely yeah. focus on your GPA. Okay, actually, I want to talk about some questions that we were asking that pertain to Apple or that we were asked that pertain to applications. So, mm-hmm. um, we got a question, which is, or someone wanted us to answer, how did we prepare for applications, and um, do we focus on things like jobs, involvement at clubs, um, and what's more important. Uh, like GPA or your extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. So let's tackle that. Okay. Um, you should be involved in your campus. You should be involved in some extracurricular that's allowing you to develop your leadership skills or whatever skills are necessary for your major. And yeah. I mean, this is a little bit. <laughs> okay. So how should I put this? Don't 
get involved in a club just to put it on your application. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. Don't do that because you're not even, you're not going to have anything to write about. You're going to have the name like, oh, I was in um, the apple picking club <laughs> and whatever. You can even be the president of that. And, you know, it'll show you're the president of a club. But what are you going to write about? Like, what skills did mm-hmm. you get out of that? So if you're, you know, do get involved in your campus, get involved in something meaningful, something that uh, is actually proactive and that is something that interests you. Don't just do something just to do something. You want to make a difference. That's what these schools are looking for. So, you know, re- like go to your uh, go to your peers, join a Discord server or something, and um, you know, find a way to build a community and uh, within that community make something happen, like how Alexa did for College League. So. Um, I think involvement in clubs and other extracurriculars is important, not just because it looks good on your application, but also because it gives you more experiences to write about and it helps build your character. Those are the most important things and also shows the university that you made the most of your community college experience, that you weren't just at community college sulking about not being in four-year university. You were making the most of it and that's what you want to show for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think on top of that, I mean, just as you kind of, you hit the nail around the head, right? It needs to be meaningful to you. And ultimately, it really, we can't give you a definitive ranking of, oh, job is more important than extracurriculars. It depends if, if let's say your job is a service job and Maybe it's just not, there's not much you learn. Maybe it's like your third service job. You already learned the core skills you need to learn. There's not much there that you can write about just because it's something you've already done before. You kind of know like the grind, you know what it entails, right? But maybe there's a club that really made you grow or vice versa. Maybe you had an internship, right? Or maybe you had, that was your first service job, let's say, and you learned a lot about teamwork and leadership and you really love that place. If that's the case, that could be a great topic to write about, yeah. you know? So it really, it kind of is more like, where does your heart lie? For example, for me, I know that I struggle sometimes with doing research projects just because, unless it's a topic I'm really passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have to do research for the sake of doing research, I'm not going to do research. That's right. just how it is. So instead of, you know, getting myself tied into the whole undergrad research you know, kind of like area without um, having something that really fueled me to actually, you know, enjoy it. I just ended up not doing undergraduate research, although it's one of those like quote unquote check marks that a lot of people say you should do undergraduate research, you know, to be competitive. You don't need to. If your heart doesn't lie toward it, don't don't do it. With clubs, same thing. There's a lot of clubs at IVC that are inactive or do very little or don't really serve a purpose, and it's really just for the name. And I'm not going to go out and say what they are, but you can check who's active, who's not. We have tea. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of tea to go around. That could be a whole, you know, situation, like a whole episode on its own. But when it comes to clubs, you can tell which ones are active because you're seeing them all over. You're seeing that they're doing events, you know, and really look at the people who are in that club who are leading it, you know, and look if, first of all, you would – vibe with them if you were to join the team right also look at the events they're doing 
And if it's related, and this is kind of the golden rule that I had for myself is I want to do one club that's not major related and one club that is. So for me, the one that was was Business Leaders Society. It's the most established business club on campus. And my non uh, major related class that I really just had a passion for was the green team in my first year. Um, now they're not doing as much just because everything's virtual. But back then they were really, really active. They were doing campus cleanups. And as someone who's, you know, vegan, I do care about sustainability quite a bit. Um, and just in general, it was something that I really wanted to do. And so I had those two clubs and it wasn't overwhelming, you know, but I could really excel and absorb as much as possible from them because I had the time to. If you're yeah. the vice president of 20 clubs, you're not going to have time to leave a meaningful impact, you know. Um, and yeah, that's what I would say. When I found College Leap, College Leap, it's an internship, but it's also an extracurricular for me. And it also was tied to UC Berkeley. So I found it as like a nice intersection between the three, but I really viewed it as an extracurricular more so than a job. So for me, I found a lot of value in it just because I was able to take it from nothing. It never existed at IBC before this year to something that a lot of people know about and are active in, right? Yeah. So if you can do that, and it doesn't have to be an extracurricular. If you're a CS major, it could be a personal project that you build from scratch, right? Um, like a coding project. It could be community service, you volunteering and really getting something out of it. It could be a job. Again, you can, if there's something in your life that you really have a passion for every single day, that's going to matter more than if it ticks the extracurricular checkbox, the personal project checkbox, community service, et cetera. So Definitely. that's what I'm, you want to go with. It, it, yeah. And, you know, having, do, participating in something that you're passionate about will give you um, more to say in your applications and in further than your applications. So like now is your time. If you're just entering community college, don't stress too much about like, I need to find the perfect opportunity that's going to make me the most competitive person. I need to be the president of this club and this club. That's, that's the wrong way to look at it. What you're supposed to be doing is finding opportunities where that leads you to your passion or cultivates your passion. Find something that's meaningful to you. You're given all of this time that you wouldn't have had otherwise at a four-year university. So use it wisely. Really dig deep within yourself and figure out what you, try new things. Meet new Definitely. people. And there's so many opportunities, both on and on camp, on and off, on and on campus, on <laughs> and off campus. Yeah. Um, when you start your first semester even prior to starting your first semester at community college right well I would recommend going through social media Call, join our discord server mm -hmm. uh, shameless plug IVC chapter college leave and there's so many people who will give you tips and tricks on what to do on campus where to apply where to work or maybe you want to look for an internship perfect we have a lot of people who know a lot of things about internships so yeah. Look within your community. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't say a job holds more weight than an, a club or a club holds more weight than having a job. Let's say you're a, I, I was a server at Corner Bakery my first year of community college. And some of you do have part-time jobs where you feel like you're just doing repetitive tasks and you're not learning anything. But you're actually learning a lot of things, like you're learning about a business model, uh, customer service, how to deal with difficult people, working amongst a team, 
maybe you're training people. Mm-hmm. So then you're a leader. So there, you know, there's always something meaningful to find in those experiences. But all I have to say is just don't do something just for the sake of the name or just for the sake of doing something. You're wasting your time. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. try to connect with good people that are like-minded and just as ambitious as you are. And that will really help. Definitely. And also, I would say just also don't shy away from things that are a challenge. Like, if you see an opportunity or even like, let's say a club on campus that's just super inactive, doesn't do much, you know, and you're like, I'm turned off by this. But let's say you really like what their what their mission is, then Mm -hmm. go for president and transform it, lift it up and build it into something. Because ultimately, right, like with business majors, we don't really do many like coding projects, right? We don't have maybe let's say tangible portfolio a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But a big, you know, mindset that is really important to let's say schools like UC Berkeley, which is right next to the startup hub, you know, it's pretty much right there. So they're looking for someone who can create something or build something. So if you can, even if it's not even an extracurricular, maybe you want to create a budget tracker or maybe you want to create a really comprehensive, let's say, like, um, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think like stock tracking model, you know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe a really diversified portfolio yeah. that you could talk about. There's a lot of projects in finance and accounting yeah. that you could do. Definitely. Or mm-hmm. another thing is you can create your own um, analysis project. Like uh, in one of my accounting classes, I did an analysis project. and It was really interesting. I would do it again on my own time. So like just make something that's meaningful to you and that you want to explore and see what comes out of it. That is, And that's independent work that could honestly, you could put that on your resume. You can send that to as a part of your application, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. just like Alexa saying, like be creative. Yeah. And like, you could even create a website on Wix, make it into a blog, throw social media designs on there. That's what I did. And it seems yeah. to work. So, yeah, definitely. Right? It could be random. Or just, you know, I know it's hard to say, like, figure out what your passion is in your first year. In my first year, I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't even a business major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Slowly yeah. but surely, I realized I love helping people. And College Leap was all about mentorship, right? And creating resources for students that weren't there to begin with. Yeah. That really drove me in the beginning. Everything when it comes to business and finance, I didn't have that many. I didn't take that class that you did. So I didn't have like an analytical project. I didn't have a budget tracker. I didn't have anything specifically related to my field. But I could show that I work really well together with people. I have created something out of pretty much nothing in my community with College Leap, right? Um, And I'm passionate about helping others, which, you know, again, contributes back to that community. So just, I think it's like, it's also important. I mean, maybe you can do this now. Maybe it's still too early. But if you can think about your personal brand or like maybe a, a personal motto that you live by, that could be really helpful. So for me, it's always been connecting individuals with resources. And obviously, I showcase that right through College Leap, right through yeah. peer mentorship, you know, through everything I do, you can kind of see where it's me helping yeah. you get to that next stage. Yes. So, and and you, me, you know, yeah, I think my brand, which I literally created like a month ago on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but I'm really I want to spread compassion in areas that lack compassion, like in the corporate world, which um, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to <laughs> go into. Sorry to all the anti-capitalists, but I, 
It just makes sense. Okay, but like, <laughs> there's not a lot of compassion in the corporate world. And that's kind of the, I, I want to change that. I want to create compassionate teams and be a compassionate person that inspires other people. Mm-hmm. So create your own brand by, that's, it probably sounds a little daunting, but like Alexa literally just, she noticed a small characteristic or, you know, a, something about herself that drives her, which is helping other people. That's so, that's a simple thing. And so yeah. just try different things and see what you enjoy doing. If it's coding, being independent and, or creating project management. I love that too. And if you like, if you you accelerate or accelerate, <laughs> if you excel in group projects, mm-hmm. you like pioneering your group projects in class, maybe you're good at project management. So kind of, you know, try different things. Like I said, yeah. um, and yeah, I think that covers, you know, the answer to that question about extracurriculars and stuff. Again, there's a community out here at College Leap to help you with any of your questions. Maybe you think that there's no opportunities out there. We'll find one for you. Don't worry. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think maybe we can just talk a little bit about some of the resources that you, we used at, uh, at IVC. And then, you know, in our next part, we can talk about kind of our admissions decisions, where we are, um, what it was like opening letters and, you know, the, yes. the anxiety around that. We'll get to the stuff that you guys have been waiting for is what she's trying to say. Exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, so the, the one resource that really was pivotal in my uh, community college experience was uh, finding out about the honors program because I, then I was surrounded by um, students who were ambitious and wanted to create something and really maximize their uh, time at Irvine Valley College. And so I felt like just joining that, I just wanted to be around highly motivated students. And that really helped because I was able to connect with people and then they allowed me into their communities and their projects in their circles and that's kind of how I got into peer mentorship that's how I found out about uh college leap and uh college leap is a great resource and hopefully you guys all become a part of it we're holding you better (laughs) applications right now so uh go apply but I really so I attended some of the college leap events and I noticed that um it's they were consistent with their events and that they were doing things or they were hosting events that were really important to me like internship events recruiting recruiting events things like that they were talking about topics that I really wanted to learn about and I noticed that they were providing resources for people so I wanted to join college leap and then (laughs) that's when I met Alexa I was like (laughs) basically hi I (laughs) like college leap a lot how do I become a part of it? And she's like, we don't really have any positions, but we can make one. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that works for me. So never hurts to ask. You always ask for opportunities, but that's, yeah. that's apart ask from friends. Like ask because they'll like, again, there's nothing rigid about extracurriculars. That's the nice part. So, and even in the corporate world, if you really know someone and you have a connection, they can find a way to get you where you need to go. Yeah. So 
don't think everything's super rigid. If there are no more positions open, create one for yourself. It's not that difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other resources. Apart from that, I mean, um, if you're lost about what to do, uh, we say this a lot, but really go to your professors. They'll have job opportunities, internship opportunities, clubs. They just know it all. And as they should, they're professors. Yeah. Um, so what other resources? Do, am I missing anything? I mean, I think if you're a business major, BLS is a great club to join, Business Leaders Society. Uh, there's also Financial Finesse Club. It's a little bit smaller, but uh, a lot of the time in their Discord, you'll find useful videos uh, and just... There's a lot of content there if you're looking to invest. Um, and on top of that, I think definitely join PTK because I think you pay $100 up front, but it allows you to apply. It's not like an active club where you attend meetings every week, but it's just a society where once you pay that fee, and I think you have to have above a certain GPA, like 3.5, something like that, um, that's it. You get access to a bunch of different scholarships that you could rack up like thousands of dollars once you transfer. Um, a lot of the students I know, they've been getting like 7,500 from one scholarship, 5,000 from another, just because they were in PTK. So I think, you know, again, you don't have to be super active because there's not much like activities that they do, but they do a lot of, um, they just help you with scholarships a ton. So mm -hmm. it's great. And it's also really established at other campuses too. So you always feel like you have a little bit of a community as well, you know, with other PTK students. Um, and yeah. on top of that, I think ASIVC is great if you really want to, if you can't find friends, which is hard to do when you're virtual. So ASIVC is a great way. I wouldn't say so much with leadership necessarily, at least for me, I think I got most of my leadership experience from College Lead Business Leader Society, places where I could really like take rein and kind of create the events that I wanted to. At ASIVC, you're probably not going to get as much of that, but you will get a lot of community and friends out of it because you're constantly seeing them. And they're usually very active people on campus as is. So it's a great way to just be in a meeting with 30 people who are all super active on campus. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that helps. Yeah. And like, ASIVC, um, okay, What? well, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I really considered ASIVC, I thought, which is basically the, the student body at, at the community college that we go to, um, and I was like, should I be involved in student government? I don't know. I was kind of hesitant about it, but it, so it looks, it sounds like it would look really good on your application because what better way to get involved in your campus than joining the student government? But I think um, you, it, it's a lot of work. I was just like, just witnessing the campaigns that happen. You don't necessarily have to like, don't, don't push yourself. If that's not something that you want to do, don't force yourself to go into ASIVC just because like, it, it really does sound like a good opportunity for college applications. But I mean, like Alexa's college, like probably, did more for her than ASIBC. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, again, it's ASIBC is great or being a part of your student government is great if you're passionate about that kind of thing. But also if, if that just doesn't suit who you are, then like it didn't for me. <laughs> like I don't, so I opted out of it and I found other opportunities. But Yeah. yeah. And again, it's a, it's a large time commitment. 
and there's not much flexibility with how much time you allocate to it. So just be mindful of that. Um, but it's still it's still a good way to socialize. I just for leadership or let's say like learning hands on skills, I would look more toward other clubs. But Definitely. that's just my experience. But yeah, I think we covered uh, resources pretty well. I think the honors program is also a great resource. It's not really a club, but that's where you get a lot of your undergrad research opportunities. Mm -hmm. A lot of those uh, like transfer advantage programs like TAP for UCLA, TAG for the other UCs, you get all of that through honors. So I would say those are kind of the main resources. Um, and yeah, I think we covered it pretty well with kind of what we wrote about the resources that we um, mentioned. So I think this is a good place to leave off. And Sorry. Uh, I, I know we're waiting to hear what we got accepted or rejected, but I think we talked too much again today. We did. But yeah. Yeah. I the mean, next hey, one. Hey, guys, <laughs> we covered for all of you first years. Really, you know, go back into the podcast and like listen to our advice about personal insights. And I think it'll really help you. But okay, I'm really sorry, but you're gonna have to wait until episode three to mm -hmm. get the final verdict. Um, what we think, other things that we need to talk about. All oh that. yeah, yeah. And I mean, the next one will be more geared toward people applying to certain schools, like UC Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be covering the supplemental essay. We'll be talking about uh, the interview process, and also again opening up those uh, acceptance or rejections letters, what our yeah. thoughts were, how we felt, or wait lists. You know, that's something that people don't often talk about. So yeah. that'll and be also, in the next one. We're also going to go over what happens after you get your letter. Oh, yeah. You, you know, there's some decisions to be made and crying to be done or smiling. I don't know. <laughs> It's, Whatever. it's a mixed bag. Yeah. It's a mix of emotions. But I just spoke. I hope you guys all know who Daniel Sensipper is. I'm sure you do. He's um, IVC's celebrity. I'm giving him <laughs> free clout right now. Whatever. Anyway, I just, he, I spoke to him recently. And what he told me was that, you know, regardless of where you get in um, and where you decide to go to, this summer, the summer, uh, after you transfer, so that's us for us. That's this coming summer for I don't know for you first years. It's next summer. Uh, it's gonna be busy regardless of where you go because you're gonna be preparing to go to the next school. You're gonna be you know um, recruiting, preparing to recruit, taking mm -hmm. summer classes for your next year for your four year university. So we're gonna be talking more about that too, like how how to maximize that summer before you transfer. But yeah. that's all in the next episode because we've gone on way too Sorry. long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had too much coffee this morning. <laughs> we really but. went off. We did. But what we'll do, and this is a promise for the next episode. So, you know, look out for that. It'll be coming out probably today too. You know um, what's funny is that we thought that we were going to get this done in one episode. We really did. This is hilarious. And yeah, actually, four hour episode, guys. Yeah. Like, let me tell you really quick how we even thought of making this podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure it was, like, Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Saturday night, we were on the phone for, like, a couple hours at midnight. Or maybe it was Friday night. I don't it know. It might have been Friday. I it think it was Friday been. night. <laughs> the yeah. day 
the day that Berkeley decision came out, Alexa and I oh had boy. a and we're yeah. like, let's make other people listen to us talk. That would be fun. So that's how this came to be. Yeah. I'm glad some of you guys are really enjoying it though. It really means a lot. <laughs> it does. It does. And so just so that we don't prolong it any longer, in our next episode, right after our intro, the first sentences that we say will be the schools we got either accepted, waitlisted, rejected to, so that we cut to the chase. Yeah. And I'm kind of contemplating when we should do this. Because so today, we're, while we're recording, it's Monday, the 26th mm-hmm. of April. Uh, UCLA and UCSD come out either this Wednesday or this Friday. Who knows? I freaking hate them. They're so annoying. They're so... They really are. They're mysterious. Uh, they're they're mysterious. They don't have the de- decency to tell us when... Yeah. I'm sure when they have little they spies. They're like, okay, put this out into the social media. Make them mm-hmm. think that it's Wednesday, but it's not. They do that on purpose. It's so awful. It's it's very emotionally manipulative. Yep. If you're listening to this, I think you should come out with the solid date and stick to it. Just yeah, take go. notes from UC Santa Barbara. They were yeah. a G. They told us exactly when things would come out. Unproblematic. Why don't you be like that at Berkeley? That's I'm talking to you. You're <laughs> so weird this year. Like, come on now. And... I one time one of these Fridays in the past month I told Alexa and also a bunch of other people I was like guys UCLA comes out today at five because that's what everyone was saying in the forums that we stalk and so I accidentally caused panic in Alexa where she was at her computer screen refreshing her UCLA application because she was kind of stressed about it I was doing the same thing and for what for nothing nothing came out that day it was a fall yeah, I got a lot of really, really good memes out of it for from people, you know, just spamming college confidential, yeah. but n- not much beyond that. So still waiting on those. Yeah, um, so maybe okay. wait until we get those decisions or maybe we won't. I guess you'll have to stay tuned and find out. Yeah. But, but um, that being said, we'll see you in the next. Oh, well, we won't see you. But we'll, you'll hear us in the next episode. Um, and make sure to follow our or join our discord follow our instagram because today we have a special thing going on do you want to explain oh yeah we'll do a little bit of a promo so we actually have this new segment called day in the life where one of our ivc alumni takes over our instagram story and takes us through their day at their school and right now we actually do have that same superstar daniel (laughs) sensor um who will be taking us and he's currently doing that so uh, he is taking us on a tour around Haas, talking about some of the classes he's in, uh, and just showing us around Berkeley. So if you're interested in that, definitely head to our Instagram stories. Yes, please check it out. And we're, we're going to have more guests showing us the day in their life and a bunch more exciting events. So please follow us on all our, so- all our social medias, our TikTok as well. Yes. Please get to see me in every video. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Check that out. But Listen, I have a thing against TikTok and uh, where my data goes. So Bella's running it for now. Yeah. But yeah. for me, on the other hand, I am willing to compromise my privacy so <laughs> that I can be stuck on TikTok for hours. It's really entertaining. I learned a lot from TikTok. So I'm really. I'm, 
taking one for the team. I'll just tell Alexa what's going on on TikTok. So like, yeah. China doesn't steal her, her information or anything. Perfect. <laughs> um. Okay. That's a wrap. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you, everyone. You. Yeah, yeah, thank you for coming, and we'll we'll hear we'll hopefully you'll hear us in the next episode very very soon. Yep. Mm-hmm.